Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. With a passage in Hebrews, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, and I brought my, my little board here. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching today, if that's all right. Usually um, I do preaching, but today I'm going to do a little bit, little, little bit of teaching. Um, the difference between teaching and preaching, in case you don't know, is uh, spit. The amount. <laughs> when you teach, you say it. When you preach, you spray it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be doing more teaching today. Because uh, I, think, I think there's some, some very powerful concepts um, for us to learn and to understand about heaven. Hopefully, over the past three weeks, you've, you've got some glimpse of that. If you haven't been with us the past three weeks, uh, go online. You can listen to the podcast. You can watch the video. Um, but we believe that heaven is real and heaven is the hope that God has for us. And in Hebrews chapter 12, um, the writer of Hebrews is, is wrapping up his epistle, um, probably my favorite book of the Bible, the book of Hebrews. It's called Hebrews, um, not because it's, it's talking about coffee, he brews, church jokes, um, but because it, it, it was written to the Hebrews. Nobody really knows who wrote the book of Hebrews, only that it was written to the Hebrew people. Um, the Jewish people who had come out of Judaism, put their faith in Jesus, and were following him. But the problem was that, uh, that like many of us, they started following Jesus and then they kind of started wanting to turn back. I know that's never happened to any of you. I know once you decided to follow Jesus, you just were locked in and you never wavered. Um, but for those of us that have at times wavered and gone back to what we were comfortable with, to what we were used to, the book of Hebrews to me is a very powerful book. And um, now, now these Hebrews, they were used to Judaism. And so in Judaism, you have the Mount of Sinai. And that's what uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. Let's jump into Hebrews chapter 12, verse um, 18. He's wrapping up his epistle and he says, he says just, just, just I, I want you to understand this, guys. I want you to know that you have not come. So he starts off with the negative. You have not come to the mountain uh, that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them. Now, uh, to, the, to, to the modern reader, we don't really know what he's talking about, but to the ancient Hebrew reader, they know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about the Mount Sinai. Uh, Sinai is in the Old Testament. It is when God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. He took them, he led them, directed them to Mount Sinai. And there his presence came down onto that mountain. And that's what the writer is talking about. The, the uh, fire that was burning, the blackness, the darkness, the tempest, there's storm. I mean, literally there's this massive storm around this mountain. You couldn't see the top of the mountain because the clouds came down. Voices were, 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 were being heard. Trumpets were being, it was, it was a bizarre scenario. It was, it was supernatural. It was God coming down. And even to this day, actually, the Jews really celebrate that moment. I was on a, I was on a secular uh, Jewish website. Uh, I think it was a government website. And um, it said something about, there was a link that said, um, why, um, why Israel? And so I clicked on that. And, and it talked about how Israel is the only nation in the world that can say that God came down and talked to them as a nation. 
And it's true. It's, it's kind of crazy. There's no other nation in the world. I mean, some people, very patriotic Americans, believe that God sort of established America. And, you know, I can see some, some evidence, perhaps. But, but God didn't come down on a mountain and say, hey, George Washington, you're going to be the first president. And, uh, you know, we need to throw a tea party for, um, for that lady across the pond. I mean, you know, God didn't do that. We sort of did that. And there was a lot of us mixed into our history. And so whatever you might want to believe about America, the truth is that Israel is the only nation that God came down on a mountain, talked to them, made a covenant with them as a nation. God is the founder, actually, of Israel. And to this day, the Israelites are very proud of that fact. And, and this is what the, the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about. He says, look, I know you've grown up idolizing that mountain, the Mount Sinai, where God came down, gave the Ten Commandments, plus a whole bunch of other commandments, where God instituted temple worship and told them, basically gave them the rules how to connect with him. He says, I know you've idolized that mountain, but here's the deal. That mountain wasn't so great. Notice the way that the Holy Spirit describes Sinai, the, the words he uses. Well, First of all, it was burning with fire, um, blackness, darkness, and tempest or storm. This is not where you want to go on a vacation. This was not a pleasant experience. In fact, uh, the words that were spoken, the people that heard it begged that the word would not be spoken to them. So in other words, the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, I know you've grown up idolizing that, but that's because you weren't there. <laughs> some, some, some people talk about the good old days, you know. The, the, the good old days. And I think one of the reasons why it's the good old days is because they weren't there. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like they, they have a rosy sort of remembrance of the good old days. I don't know about you, but I typically like indoor heating, right? <laughs> and I'm not crazy about the good old days, you know, where, where you just kind of just have body heat and sort of hope for the best. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to go through winter like that, basically. I mean, I don't want to put City Chapel through a winter of no heat. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring you back to the good old days. And in the, in the summer, man, like I'm all about AC, you know, I'm all about giving me some air conditioning. I don't let, you know, my wife loves opening the windows and the doors of the house. I come in, it smells like the outside in there. And I'm like, it shouldn't smell like the outside when you're on the inside. Well, I mean, when you're on the good old days, yeah, it did. But we're not in the good old days. We're in the better new days now. You know, better new. That's what I'm all about. Because, because oftentimes, you know, you, you try to remember the good old days. And the writer of Hebrews is talking about the good old days. But, but the good old days wasn't quite so good. He said, by the way, that mountain that you grew up idolizing, that mountain you grew up just loving and thinking it was the best thing ever. Well, it had darkness, tempest, storm, voices, this command that the people beg not to hear. And if we go on, go, if we go on to the next verse in verse 19, it said that they beg not to hear them anymore because, because they could not endure, verse 20, they couldn't endure what was commanded. What was commanded? This is what was commanded. If, if, if so much as a beast even touches the mountain, it should be stoned with rocks or shot with an arrow. God came down on earth to a mountain and, and, and for their own safety, God said, don't touch the mountain. So they built a barrier so that people wouldn't accidentally wander onto the mountain because it was dangerous. Because the presence of God was there. And the people 
in their sin, if they would have been exposed to the presence of God, they would have died. That's why in verse 21, it says, so terrifying. Notice the words he's using about their, 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 their beloved Sinai, their beloved mountain. This is where God came down and spoke to us. So terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and even trembling. Moses was their fearless leader. Moses was the one guy that God said, you can come on up on the mountain and talk to me. And Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and even trembling. He's so scared of that God, Mount Sinai. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, you haven't come to this mountain. When you come to Jesus, you need to understand when you come to when you become a Christian, for those of you that are not Christians today, this is going to be good education for you. When you come to Jesus, this is not what you've come to. What's crazy, though, is yet when many people think about church and think about Jesus, this is what they think of. They think of a big, scary God. <laughs> and even the leader, I, I talked about this a, a few weeks ago, talk about scary church. I grew up in scary church. I don't know if, you, if any of you grew up in scary church, but scary church is where you get saved, not because you want to go to heaven, but because you don't want to go to hell, right? Because, because you're told so many times, I, I, got saved, I, got, I got saved like 120 times as a kid because I just didn't want to go to hell. I just wanted to make sure I might have done something over the week that I mean, I might have messed up. God might be mad. God's probably mad at me right now. And, you know, luckily Jesus stepped in. Otherwise, God would be squashing me. There was this big, angry God. He wants retribution. He wants blood. And then Jesus was nice. He came in, gave him the blood so that he didn't squash us. But man, if I ever, if I ever offend Jesus, then, then I'm really in trouble. Because there's this big, angry God, and I'm like, Moses, I'm trembling, I'm afraid, and I'm the preacher. <laughs> I'm the guy in front. I'm the guy telling people what the Word of God says. And yet even, I mean, even the leaders in Scary Church are scared. <laughs> That's why they do what they do. They do it out of fear. They, 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 they judge people out of fear. They, they warn people out of fear because they themselves are living in fear. So I'm, I know many of you have never been to Mount Sinai. You don't, Mount Sinai doesn't even mean anything to you. But each and every one of us, we have a Mount Sinai. We have something that we came from. We have a version of God that we came from. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is he's saying, no, 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 you're, you're, you're not... You, I don't want you to confuse that version of God. I don't want you to confuse scary church with Jesus. I don't want you to confuse this version of scare, uh, fear tactics with God. This is not what you've come to. This is not. In order to come to the right mountain, you got to leave the wrong one. So maybe some of you, maybe my challenge today is just to get off of that mountain. To stop believing the lie that God is angry at you, that God wants retribution and that this is somehow, like, so like many of us just see Jesus as just kind of an upgrade from that. It's the same thing, just Jesus is now Moses. He goes up, hears from God, comes down and tells us what we need to know. It's, the, it's, it's almost like we just flip Moses for Jesus and we still live on Mount Sinai. We still live with an angry God who is, who is just ready to stone us with stones or zap us with an arrow if we, God forbid, touch his mountain. But one thing that, that, that did happen, and I'm, and I'm going to use this teaching here, uh, this board, to do a little bit of teaching, and, and you all can help me out. But one thing that Sinai did, 
And honestly, it was, it was important for them at the time. Sinai divided some things. It separated some things. Obviously, it separated the people from God. It said, you are down there. You don't touch this mountain. God is on the mountain. You don't touch it. Right? So there was a separation. People, sinners, look at all these sinners. Sinners, you stay there. Saints, you come up here. Right? Moses, kind of a saint. He's a big, he's, he's, he's an important guy. So saints, come on over here. Sinners, you stay over there. God's over here. Sinners are over there. It, bring, it brought a division. And, and, and some of that division was important because the people of Israel had been living in Egypt and they had been listening to these teachings of all these other gods for like 430 years. And God said, no, 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 you need to understand how to approach me. You need, you need, you need to understand that there are some divisions in this world. And so what, 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 what Sinai does is it, is it divides the world really into two main categories. You have uh, secular category and then you have sacred category and 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 I've, I've seen this just even just talking to folks even as I talk about heaven it's so interesting um it's so interesting because we are so used to thinking of the world in this way secular and sacred secular and sacred what is now, 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 I'm not talking about sinful and sanctified because because there are some things that are sinful you need to stay away from that and there are the sanctified way of living. But, but secular and sacred, is, it, 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 it's kind of like whenever, whenever I think of things that are sacred, most of them have to do uh, with this word right here, um, church. So most of the things that are sacred would be, um, you know, singing, because uh, you do that in church. Um, I don't know, what are some other sacred things would, would, would you all say? What are some, some sacred things, some things that are sacred, some things that are holy, some things that are... Hockey? No. What? Prayer, 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 prayer. Yes, prayer. Very, very sacred. Very good. Anything else? Fasting. Prayer and fast. Just put that as part of, as part of prayer, prayer and fasting. Um, anything else? Any other sacred things, sacred things. We got, we got worship, singing, church, prayer and fasting. These, these things happen in church, right? Marriage, marriage. Yep. Marriage. Now don't give me too big of a word because I got to spell everything right. Cause it's going to be on video. And so they're going to see if I, I messed up last time, but anyway, uh, marriage. Yeah. Marriage is supposed to happen in church, right? Supposed to get married in church. Uh, I guess buried to a proper funeral supposed to, supposed to happen in, 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 in church. But you know, uh, you got the funeral, proper funeral anyway. The pastor is supposed to do that. Baptism, yeah, baptism. Baptisms happens. Yeah. Communion, yeah, we just did that today. Uh, boy, that's a $5 word, isn't it? Okay, communion, there we go. Okay, secular, what are, what are, what are some secular things? These things don't happen in church. You don't do these in church. What are, you, you all ought to be really good at this. I can just tell you, you know more. <laughs> sports come on somebody football that's what i'm talking about uh sports gambling yeah fantasy football <laughs> uh i think that's spelled right uh gambling gambling we got we got sport sports work that's right nine to five or whatever your schedule is work yeah that's that's really good 
Dancing. Oh man. Yep. Dancing. How about how about some uh rock and roll? Oops, that's not right. Uh <laughs> rock and roll music. Because dancing, you know, is pretty much inspired by the devil's music. Rock and roll. Um hey, how about coffee? Um put a little bit of that in the secular. Uh when you when you connect the X, it doesn't quite look right. Um and in fact, let's just do all things fun. That's kind of connected. <laughs> you know, like uh amusement parks, uh roller coasters. Uh hey, I know TV. T the the one-eyed devil. There we go. Uh movies, TV, entertainment. These things are all secular, and it's, it, it, and it's interesting, and the, the, the reason I know this is because I grew up on this side of the fence, where I, I grew up uh, in sacred worlds. I grew up, you know, just going to church all the time. I grew up in church. I, I, I get this, and, it, and it's, it's interesting to me that anytime you try to mix these, people who grew up over here who live on Mount Sinai kind of, they get flustered. They get scared. They get upset. They, they, like, like, for instance, I got in trouble for this even here at City Chapel. Like, we, we bring coffee into the, 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 the sanctuary. Uh, we, bring, we, 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 bring, we bring coffee. That's right, coffee. Now, now, Christians are some of the biggest coffee drinkers I know. So, but you can drink it, like, all the time, just not in church. It's not here. You don't, you don't mix that. Cause you know, I mean, when I was 14, I, I told my mom, I said, I wanted to, to meet, I wanted to plant a church in a theater with, cause they have cup holders so that you can hold coffee and drinks and stuff. And my mom just looked at me, you know, really weird. She was like, you know, who are you? What did you do with my son? You don't bring coffee into church. Oh, an, a, another thing over here in church that's kind of sacred for some folks is sort of like, like, like the dress code. I don't I, I don't, I don't know if you notice this or not, but, but like you go to church and some people like like they 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 have to shop at JC Penney's and get a suit and tie before they will come to church. You know what I'm saying? Like the the uh, what is what is this? The Canadian tuxedo doesn't quite work for everybody in church. A lot of people are very serious about this. They they're very serious. they feel like they feel like this is honoring the dress code is honoring to the house of God to church, and so they feel like they're dishonoring God if they wear God forbid jeans or shorts or you know you can't just look like you rolled out of bed and go to church. But it's it's interesting how 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 the things that we have decided are sacred. And the things that we have decided are secular, we often have them divided. And this is Sinai religion. This is, this is the mountain that we have not come to. And the, way, the reason why I'm preaching about this when it comes to heaven is because this has become abundantly clear to me when talking to people about heaven. Because most of the time when, they, when I talk to people about heaven, their understanding of heaven is this. This is heaven. Heaven is an exclusion of all of that. Heaven is just this. Like that's heaven. You know, I've, I've even been in church services where, where, where the pastor got up and he said, and he said, well, you know, cause like people weren't really participating in worship. They were just kind of standing there. They weren't really singing. And so he's trying to get them, you know, like guilt them into singing. And so he, so he said, well, if you don't like this, you're going to hate heaven. Cause that's all we're going to do. 
And I thought, well, your band's not going to be playing, but, you know, whatever. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, come on. It's like we use heaven as like a bat. It's like, well, you better, well, you better sing along because, I mean, what else are you going to do in heaven? You're just going just gonna to be in your prison, I mean, mansion, and you're going to come to this service. It's like a really long church service that never ends. You never get dismissed from heaven. Yeah, and there's no preaching. It's just sing it. See, if the, at least if there was preaching, there'd be some redeeming factor. But no, it's just Hillsong's going to be going to get to use their gifts. Harry's not going to get to use his. And we're going to be praying and fasting all the time. It's just, it's just going to be basically a whole lot of this. That's what heaven is in a lot of people's minds. That's why it's so boring. That's why, that's, why, that's why people are so sad when young people die and go to heaven because look at all that they missed out on. And now they got to go to eternal church. <laughs> and I'm a pastor. Don't get me wrong. I like church, obviously. It's what I do for a living. But even I am kind of like, well, at some point, I mean, how many times are we really going to sing Amazing Grace? I mean, seriously, like how many times are we really going to, you know, I mean, where do we get this concept that all we're going to do all day is this? Where did that, where did that come from? It came from a church that lives on Mount Sinai. To them, this is it. And all of this other stuff over here is to be avoided. All of this stuff over here is to be avoided and not mixed with this because that will pollute this. That will mess up this. And it is true that the devil has done a really good job of twisting all of these things and making these things a tool to really drag people to hell. To twist these things. But at the same time, I grew up on this side of the track. Can I tell you the devil has done an equally good job of twisting this side of stuff? Because you can get just as prideful over here as you get over here. It can be just as much about you right here as it is about you right here. It can be just as much fleshly driven right here as it is right here. I mean, like, seriously, the devil has done a good job of messing up both of the. He, he hasn't just left the sacred stuff alone. He has tampered with all of it. And so the key is not to further distance ourselves from the secular and, and only embrace the sacred. The key is to recognize that that's not even the mountain we've come to. We haven't come to the mountain of separation. We haven't come to the mountain of judgment. We've come to the mountain of reconciliation. The next verse says, uh, verse, verse 21 tells us, 22 tells us the kind of mountain that we have come to. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion. So we have two mountains here. We have Mount Sinai and we have Mount Zion. And as long as you live on Mount Sinai, you will always feel guilty about this stuff. And usually people say, oh, yeah, I really should spend more time in this stuff. I really should be. And, 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 and you make rules about this stuff and, and you, won't, you won't even want to bring that stuff into this stuff. You know, you, and you won't even want to, I mean, in church, you're not even allowed to talk about this stuff. <laughs> or you get in trouble because, because you're not supposed to. This, this stuff isn't supposed to be talked about here. And, and, and th this certainly doesn't belong anywhere in here. I mean, if Darlene Check didn't write it, 
<laughs> or at least had some influence. If Hillsong or Bethel didn't come up with it, it doesn't belong. It does shouldn't be here. I got in trouble one time at Promised Land because because we opened service with um, "I Got a Feeling Tonight's Gonna Be a Good Night." Anyway, Black Eyed Peas, very anointed band, and 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 <laughs> the same God that anointed Darlene anointed them. They're just using their gifting over here. And so, and, and, and so we brought that song, that part of the song, into church because we thought, yeah, tonight's going to be a good night. This is great. Oh, we got some people upset, some people offended. We're singing secular music in church. I don't listen to secular radio stations. I only listen to Christian radio stations. Even though the same people that own the secular label also own the Christian label. You, you, you do understand that, right? I mean, Sony has a monopoly here. I lived in Nashville. The same guys that decide what songs are published and produced on the secular side are the same guys telling them what to produce on the Christian side. That's why in Christian radio, all the songs sound the same. <laughs> just trampled all of your, <laughs> just wiped out your whole, I mean, it's, it's true. That's why, honestly, in my opinion, country music and Christian music are becoming so much like this. Just go to Nashville. The same guys are making money from both of them. And they know what sells. And so, and so we, but in our head, it's okay as long as we got this sacred music and we stay away from the secular music and don't bring it into church. And, and, and goodness, your work, I mean, yeah, your work is your work, but you got to leave your work so that you can really serve God. And many times, the only way that you can serve God on your job is if you become an evangelist, right? I mean, that is really the only reason why, why you would take sac sacred stuff into work is if you can become an evangelist at work, which I'm, I'm, I'm not against evangelism. I think, I mean, that, that's why you all get cards every Sunday so you can hand those out. You know what I mean? Like invite people to church, invite people into the sacred, invite them to meet Jesus. Absolutely. But, but, but your work is more than evangelism. Your work, the Bible, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 said, whatever you do, whether it's eating or drinking or working, do it all to the glory of God. Because in this new mountain, in this new mountain, God redeems both of these things so that you are worshiping in your work. So that you are worshiping in your work. The same God who created the, the testosterone that, that drives the sport of football is the same God that created these things over here. God is not interested in only elevating one element of society. He's not just interested in the sacred. Let me give you some Bibles, lest you think that I'm a heretic. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, tells us a little bit about, about what Christ is, is doing. He says, for by him, this is Jesus, by Jesus, all things were created um, that are in heaven, sacred, and that are on the earth, secular. Uh, visible, secular, and invisible, sacred. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, he, he reinforces, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. This is why, this is why I've been preaching that God is not looking to, to delete these things when we go to heaven. Because these things were created for Jesus. Jesus intended for our enjoyment and for his glory in these things, these secular things.
And so he, he goes on to talk about in verse, uh, I think it's 19, uh, skipping down. It says, For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell, and by Jesus that he would reconcile all things, all things to himself by him, whether things on the earth, secular, or things in heaven, sacred. Having made peace, having made peace, not division, but having made peace. Peace. The opposite of division is peace. Having made peace between these things, having connected these things, the secular and the sacred, having made peace with them through the blood of his cross. Because the only thing that's wrong with the secular is the sin in the secular. And so what the blood of the cross did is it allowed us to walk in purity in these things so that we enjoy these things. And, that's, and that's, why, that's why I think when people say, well, all we're gonna do in heaven is worship, that is true, but your definition of worship is wrong. It is not singing, it is not just sacred. Worship is done over here as well. Maybe not there, but you know. Uh, worship is done over here. Worship is done in the secular. Worship is not just something that happens at church. I was talking to, I was talking to Madden and Micah um, this past week. We, we do Keep Kids Fed, and so we feed um, 101 kids from Williams Elementary and Betacheck Middle School every week. Uh, food insecure kids that rely on us for lunches. And so this week is uh, Thanksgiving break. And so Friday, they, they needed to be fed for 10 days straight. And so we typically feed them breakfast and lunches, which is what we did this time. Last week, actually, I stood up in front of you all and said, hey, we're uh, about $800 short. We need to go to Sam's Club and buy a bunch of food. And people actually bring food right over there at that table every single week. Um, but we were, we were all out of food and we were facing our biggest week. And so I put that out to you guys and you guys responded actually by giving uh, about $1,400 um, to keep kids fed last Sunday. So I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. And so our keep kids fed people were excited. They made a trip to Sam's club, bought a big old massive cart of food, loaded it in several vehicles. And then, um, they get together every week and, and put the bags together. Well, this week they had twice as many bags because each bag, um, can take care of five days because they get a lot of food. And so they needed to be taken care of for 10 days. So they had already done uh, Williams Elementary. And on Wednesday night, I heard they needed help to do Betacheck, which is our biggest school. Um, we had about 150 bags to do. Um, with uh, Each bag was worth five days of breakfasts and lunches. And so it was me, uh, Matt and Micah, those are my two kids. And then um, Tanisha and little Jerry was helping out. Um, Carol was there. Poppy was there. And um, Jennifer, Jennifer was there. And we were, all, we were all working. It was fun. It's fun to be doing something positive, to be blessing other people, and to be doing it together. And so we were having a great time. And uh, then I realized that I hadn't fed my kids yet. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Uh, I, you know, and so Micah, my little six-year-old, I mean, he was, he was, he, was, he had a spot on the assembly line. He was doing the, um, the, uh, the, the, the oatmeal. So th each bag got three things of oatmeal. It's for three days. And then, um, then I was doing cereals and different things. And so uh, he was, you know, we're handling all this food. And Micah's like, Dad, I'm hungry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to eat, aren't we? <laughs> when mom's not around, dads just don't think about that. I just say, well, bud, you know, 
all right, you know, we'll definitely get you some food. But right now, you know, we're kind of working like, like, you know, we're, we're doing this thing. We're feeding these kids. And, and uh, he says, yeah, yeah, but I'm hungry, you know. And so some of the ladies were like, oh, Kim, how about, how about we get him some of this? You know, I mean, we had a, a number of little items around. And I said, no, 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 it's, it's good. It's good for you to, to be hungry and like deny yourself instead to feed other kids. It's, it's, it, it, it's actually good. It, that's called worship. That's called worship. When you put yourself last and you put other people first and you prioritize other people to the glory of God, we're feeding these kids in the name of Jesus. We're not just throwing food at them. We're letting them know that, this, that the food is delivered by a church that believes in Jesus. Therefore, we are pointing to Jesus as we feed kids because our main purpose is not just to feed kids. Our main purpose is that in, I don't know, 15, 20 years when these kids grow up and they're in Austin on 6th Street and one of their friends say, yeah, the church is just a bunch of hypocrites. All they want is your money. They'll say, no, actually, the church is the one that showed up to my door and brought me food when nobody else was taking care of us. And so it's kind of a long play. I'm not trying to trick them to come to church right now. I'm just trying to point them to Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus, to elevate Jesus in their mind, that they think, wow, this Jesus must be pretty awesome. Look at his followers. Look at how much they love. Look at how much they give. And so little Micah there, he's hungry. And I said, bud, like when you deny yourself in order to glorify Jesus, in order to lift up Jesus, like that's, that's worship. That's what worship is. And so in, in, you know, in, in my head, I'm starting to plan how I can feed them. Um, but meanwhile, I said, bud, you know, you need to keep a good attitude about this. And uh, he said, okay, okay. And, and so, and, and he did, he, I, I checked in with him a couple of times, but how's, how's your attitude doing? And he said, it's good, it's good, it's good. And so he really did, Madden kept a good attitude, both Madden and Micah kept a good attitude. I was really proud of them. And like, while we were packing stuff, like I was thinking about how proud I was of them and how I wanted to, you know, give them a bit of a treat. And so, uh, you know, I was thinking about Sonic. They really love the slushies at Sonic and, and corn dogs, which that's, a cuss word around my wife. So don't tell her that I took them there. Um, she's out teaching 301 right now. Uh, but you know, I, I, when, hey, when you're with dad, like, like the rules don't apply anymore. We're just going to eat some junk food and uh, it's going to taste good. But we didn't get the red kind of slushy because red kills you apparently. Uh, blue does not, uh, strangely enough. And so, you know, we just, we just avoided that. But, you know, I, so, so anyway, so, 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 so they get in the car and they're like, dad, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Blah, blah. I said, guys, how about we go to Sonic, you know, get a slushy, get a corn dog. They're like, yeah, woo it was exciting, you know? And uh, we go, we go to Sonic, get, we all share a slushy so they didn't get too much sugar. And, uh, you know, they get a little corn dog and we get back in the car and, and Micah says, dad, thank you for thinking of us. I said, ah, oh, bud, you're welcome. I said, actually, I think about you a lot more than any other kids. Like, like, I, like I know I'm asking you to sacrifice for these other kids, but really, like, I love you more than those kids. And I'm thinking about you more than those kids. Um, because sometimes I feel like uh, whenever, whenever God starts asking us to do our work as unto the Lord, and then he kind of leaves us out there with a mean boss, a mean employer. And we're like, this guy does is a jerk. Sometimes it feels almost like God doesn't care about us. But I, I, I don't know, just as a dad, I was actually planning how I was going to, to bless my kids while they were doing stuff for others. 
while they were worshiping God. And, 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 and maybe that's just what God wants to tell you today, that in the middle of your effort, in the middle of your struggle, God sees what you're doing and God is planning an awesome trip to Sonic for you. <laughs> Heaven is like Sonic. Um, <laughs> God's working on something. It's, 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 it's in his head. He hasn't told you about it because if he, if he just told you all of it, then you would only do it for that. And that's why I didn't tell my kids because I didn't want them just to like, well, I really want to go to Sonic, so I better keep a good attitude. No, I wanted them to have a good attitude in the middle of it and then to, to celebrate that, to reward that. And that's what heaven is. Heaven is this, this great reward where God finally does the ultimate fulfillment of these things. He ult, the ultimate marriage of these things. That's, that, 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 that's, why, that's why heaven is the upgrade of all of these things. It's not the exclusion of one and the, the promotion of another. It is the involvement of, of all things secular and all things sacred. All sin is taken out. All selfishness is taken out. Only the good parts are left. Just to, just to help, help explain this, again, biblically, uh, Revelation chapter uh, 21, um, I, I'd like to look at this passage real quick. Revelation 21 tells us about Mount Zion. Uh, it says that it, that, it, that, it, that it came down. I think it's in verse, uh, yeah, yeah, 21 verse 10. He carried me away uh, in the spirit. This is John writing about his experience. Um, he brought him to a great mountain, showed him the great city, the holy Jerusalem, a.k.a. Zion, a.k.a. the city of God. He said he carried him away, showed him the holy Jerusalem, descending, it was coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear, See, I highlighted that word, clear as crystal. It's interesting. It was a, it was, her light was like a jasper stone that was clear. Okay, as crystal. Go on, go on to the next, the next slide. He, he goes on to explain it further in verse 18. The construction of its wall was of jasper. We've already heard that. And the city was pure gold like clear glass. Foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second was sapphire. The third was <clears throat> whatever that was. Go on, next slide. Thank you. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, yeah. The sixth was, and the seventh, something else. Then there was burl, and then there was all this stuff I can't pronounce. You go ahead and try. I'll, I'll give you a mic. You come on up here. Give it a shot. The twelfth was something else. And uh, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate uh, was of one solid pearl. And the street of the city, all right, you've heard about this, was pure gold like transparent glass. Hold on, hold on. Jasper, gold, pure gold, all clear. Now, <laughs> My ring is, is, is pure 14 karat gold, white gold, right? Not clear, it's gold. There's no such thing as clear gold. He, he tells us that the street is made of gold and you've probably seen pictures of people walking on golden streets. Well, was, was, was the golden street clear in the picture? Cause if not, it was inaccurate, I'm just saying. 
John tells us it's gold. I know it's gold. I know it's pure gold. How do you know that, John? I can see it. Okay, pure gold, but then it's clear. You've lost me, John. You've lost me. I, I was there with you for the gold, but now the clear as glass and transparent thing. What are you talking about? Gold is not clear. Clear is not gold. Not the same material. Very different. Jaspers are not clear. This, this, this is red rubies are not, they're not transparent. This is, John, you must be mistaken. It's not gold. Maybe it's just, you know, yellow, you know, glass or something. Maybe, you know, Steve Jobs designed the streets. I don't know. But no, he says it's gold, but it's clear. It's jasper, but it's clear, but it's transparent. And, and, and just to help explain this, let's, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And the writer of Hebrews starts telling us about this mountain, this Mount Zion, this, this city of God. It says, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem. Same thing as in Revelation chapter 21. You've come to an innumerable company of angels. It's almost like he's zooming in, like he's, like he's on one of those drones, right? And he can see it from afar. He says, he, there's this mountain view that I see. I get a little closer. I can see that it's also a city. There's this, there's this group, uh, there's houses and, 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 and land and, and farms. And, and it's, it, it's a city. He zooms in a little closer. And, and, and wow, there's an innumerable company of angels. There are a whole bunch of angels and wings and, and cherubim and seraphim. And I can see the angels. He zooms in a little closer. He says, you've come to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. These are people who have given their lives to Christ, who have, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He's zooming in. He can see God, the just judge of all. And by the way, when it comes to justice, the spirits of just men who have been made perfect, the heroes of the faith, he's zooming in even closer. And he gets to the middle of heaven and he says, you have come to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of his sprinkling that speaks a better thing than that of Abel. The purpose, so we could just put gold over here. Gold is a secular thing that people really, really want. And heaven is full of this stuff. But apparently it's transparent. And I think if we look at the streets of gold, gates of pearl, foundations of jasper, it gives us a clue, not necessarily what heaven will look like, because obviously it's a little strange. We got clear gold, but it gives us a clue as to the way that God deals with secular and sacred. He says the streets are made of gold, but the gold doesn't bring attention to itself. The gold doesn't say, hey, look at Look at me, look how, look how awesome this street is. No, actually the gold, when you look at it, you know it's gold, but when you look at it, you see through it. To what? To the middle of heaven, which is Jesus. You see the foundations of Jasper, but the Jasper doesn't bring attention to itself. As soon as you look at the Jasper, it becomes transparent and you see through it. To what? To Jesus. Actually, the, at the end of Revelation, it tells us that, 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 that Jesus is right in the, the Lamb is right in the middle and He is the light and His light is going out. The, His visual, you never lose eye contact with Jesus in heaven. There's this constant, constant communion and visual with Him, even though you still celebrate these things. 
And this is what we need right here and right now. We, the, the, when you come to Jesus, you begin this process. You begin this life. You begin heaven. You start heaven. And heaven is basically when you are able to enjoy, uh, maybe, not, maybe not the gambling, but when you're able to enjoy the things that are from God, the secular things that are from God, and yet you don't fall in love with those things. You're able to enjoy your marriage, but you don't idolize your marriage. You're able to enjoy your kids, but you don't idolize your kids. You're able to enjoy uh, theme parks and dancing, and you're able to work hard, but you, it's not your idol. It doesn't require your attention. As soon as you look at it, you see right through it, and you see to Jesus. You see the sacred behind the secular, that Jesus is in everything of our lives. He is all-encompassing. All things were created for Him, through Him, and He has reconciled all things together to Himself that for the Christian I worship, yes, in church, but I also worship at work. For the Christian, I, 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 I am baptized in the presence of God in church, yes, but, the, but even after I dry off, I remain covered in the presence of God. Even after I've changed my clothes and dried my hair and got gel back in my hair, I'm still covered in the presence of God. That for the Christian, yes, okay, I, 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 I do definitely respect respect the people of God and 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 God's dwelling place but but I'm able to wear and to dress however I like I'm able to celebrate Santa Claus and the birth of Christ on the same week I got in trouble for that too at promised land because I brought Santa Claus in and and uh, and Santa Claus in church church Christmas ain't about Santa Christmas ain't about Santa Christmas about Jesus baby Jesus I like the one with the beard. No, no, it's baby Jesus. Christmas, and, and it is true. Christmas is about Jesus. Santa is a completely, kids, okay, completely made up figure, not really the, the real deal. But it's fun. And the same people that got upset at me for bringing Santa into church brought their kids to Santa at the mall. But it was okay because it was at the mall. See, you do stuff at the mall, you don't do at church. It's, it, no, no, no. God's brought these. If it's okay in the mall, it's okay in church, all right? If, it's, if, if, if God has redeemed it in the mall, then God's, re, God's able to redeem it in church. And the same is true out here. Worship is not relegated to just this. It's not just the song that we sing and the sermon that Pastor Harry preaches. It is a lifestyle of worship. We have come not to Sinai. Sinai, they visited Sinai, heard from God and went away and fell away. And you know why you keep falling? Is because you've only come to the temporary mountain of Sinai. Zion is different. Zion is where God dwells. Zion is where you build a city of God, Jerusalem, the, the city of peace. You stop searching. City of peace. You, you come, you've come to Jerusalem. You've come to a resting place. You've come to a home. You've come to an innumerable number of angels who are not just there to entertain you, but the Bible tells us that God is the God of angel armies. He's the God of hosts. And so angels are dispatched right now for us in heavenly places, fighting for us, defending us, protecting us. You believe in angels? Yeah, the Bible talks about them quite a bit. We believe in angels and demons and heaven and hell. 
And we get to experience the, the protection and the safety of God's army right here and right now. We have come to Mount Zion. And when you, when you say yes to Jesus, when you, when you ascend Mount Zion and you walk away from the division and from the rules and from the regulations of Mount Sinai, this is what he's offering you. He's offering you a place of rest, a city to live in. He's offering you an angel army to defend and to guide and to protect. He's offering you a company, a company of, of, of other believers. The Bible says that God puts the lonely in families. And that's what City Chapel is. City Chapel is a family. And we're going to continue to be a family long after we go to heaven. We're going to keep hanging out. We are hashtag the church that eats together. Um, because the reason why we are the church that eats together is because that's not done in church. If we are just the church that sings together and just the church that preaches together, we're not really the church. We're just people on Mount Sinai. And so all last week, we started a thing called the church, the hashtag church that eats together. And several of you took pictures and checked in on Facebook and ate together. And um, some of you did not though. And so for you, the Lord's gonna zap you with, uh, I don't know, diarrhea. It's gonna be bad. But just to save you from that embarrassment, um, I'm gonna give you another week. <laughs> Notice I'm using guilt while preaching against guilt. I love irony, it's so much fun. Um, I'm gonna give you another week to eat together. So act actually several people that um, I know were trying to connect this past week, they just weren't able because of schedules. So we're gonna extend Church to Eat Together week for one more week. Um, and the goal is you just, you, 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 you do this together this one with if you're married marriage the rest of it yeah just checking be that church <laughs> but that's the goal is to take church out of here out there that's what that's what real church is that's what it is this is cool this is great um but real church doesn't happen here. Sacred, sacred starts here, but it, 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 it's all of this. It's, it's sacred. And so I wanna invite you to join us in the church needs to go. That's my altar call. Invite somebody to lunch, hang out with them, get to know them, watch some football with them, watch the Cowboys lose with them. It, it'll, be, it'll be fun. It'll... <laughs> Until Zeke comes back. When Zeke comes back and Sean Lee, I mean, it'll be, it'll be amazing. But watch Detroit win. I don't know. Hang out, hang out with some, with some folks. 